Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Ashbrack. And I'm Jesus. Uh, and this week, it's a special midweek bonus episode. We're going to be talking about the number one issues for the month of May. I'm not really Jesus. Not anymore. I mean, we're all Jesus in a sense. I mean, you could have legally changed your name to that. I don't know what you do in your free time. Yeah. Uh, this was a absolutely massive day for DC. <laughs> DC did so much stuff today, the day that we're recording, which is... May, May something? Tw- May 29th. There you go. May yeah. 29th. Uh, they decided to come out with uh, number one for Bassman, Batman, Last Night on Earth, which I think is the uh, most anticipated comic book of the summer. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, they came up with uh, Superman Leviathan, which is starting off a massive thing. Uh, they came out with Doomsday Clock number 10 today. Heroes in Crisis finale. Yeah, they yeah. decided that May 29th. To release all their big books. They're putting day. out every comic for the entire year. So I hope uh, hope your wallet's not too broke and you don't want to spend time with any of the comic book companies. See, that's the dumb thing about DC. Like, I, I love DC and I hate them at the same time because they just make stupid decisions. Why are you going to put out four massive titles on the same day, especially for people who have a tight pocketbook who can't go out and spend 30 grand a week like I do on comic books. And not, not everyone is a billionaire <laughs> like I am, Alex. And not all the uh, sticker prices are $4 on these issues either. Too, I bought so. them all for $4,000. <laughs> I need to talk to my comic guy. You really need to get with a wealth management company. <laughs> That's me, by the way. Uh, I'll get you them for $2,000 each. Don't worry, I just saved you thousands. Uh, I am saving so much money right now. It's sold. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into DC. Nope. Uh, we're going to actually start with the one that you first mentioned by name, uh, which is Batman Last Night on Earth, uh, written by someone we talked about at great length, Scott Snyder, Never pairing up once again with Greg Capullo. Um, is that like Rob Snyder? So, yes, yeah, exa- they're actually Is bro- it his brother? It's a twin. Uh, <laughs> it's weird because they're at least a decade apart, but it's a delayed twin. Uh, twinmanship. Uh, so this is essentially supposed to be, this is Snyder's last Batman story. As far as we know, it's Snyder Capullo's last Batman story. And last solo Batman yes. story because he's still writing Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah. Uh, and I know that like, essentially, I know more simply when you write Batman, you have to give Batman a birth and a death. So this is essentially Morrison giving Batman a death. He's telling the last Batman tale ever, essentially in his mythos. I thought Batman was just being born here again. <laughs> I, I mean, just anticipated this as being a here's him coming from the womb story. In a way, he literally was, though, because Snyder laid the groundwork uh, in earlier comics for Batman building machine that will basically create a genetic clone of him years later. Uh, and that's what happens to be true in this. I don't know how he felt. I thought this book also spoilers for this book and every book we talk about. I thought this book was really and I think it was intentionally this way, but it was really confusing at first. And I wasn't on board until maybe act three of this. Oh, so here's how I did this. Because I went first thing this morning and picked the variant cover because I wanted to make sure I got it. Uh, Which, by the way, they only had like three copies. So I was super pumped that I got there with this comic book store when it opened. Not my normal one, so I'm not going to mention it by name. (laughs) Uh, But I read chapter one in my car outside of work. Yeah. And I was 
instantly fucking hooked. I was all about it. Batman in basically Arkham, uh, not knowing where he is, not knowing what's going on. And everybody that's surrounding him is his rogues gallery dressed up like the help. Yes. Like, whoa, I was so sold. I was like, cool. This is awesome. And it was being, it was Alfred talking to him, trying to convince him that like he's delusional and he's the one that has the mental issue the entire time. Turns Which, out, I mean, I think Batman does have mental issues. Cause, oh, my yeah, God. Does r- he regardless. <laughs> we don't, we're not qualified to diagnose him. No. But that's not true. We actually are. Yes. But we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, I thought this book was great. Yeah. I really, really liked I, it. I love the end. I was especially back three uh, as well. Just when we get Batman carrying around a decapitated Joker head. Uh, that can still talk and have conversations with them, and we don't know why. There's still a lot of mystery built up as to what's going on. Here's my issue with so many people who write uh, the Joker for Batman. They don't do it right, and Scott Snyder does it right. Uh, it's funny, it's wry, it's cruel, it's mean, yeah, and it's wonderful. Yeah, and the way he, int- he, he, does, he writes just in dialogue how well he antagonizes Batman and gets under his skin just through normal conversation of just being the joker not by like torturing people not by like having a devious scheme just a normal conversation getting under his skin and i think like i think snyder excels in that and i think the art in this book is great as capullo stuff always has been. yeah we could talk about this book for an hour and a half but my least favorite act was act three there's four acts in this which is the one where wonder woman comes back however the thing that kept me totally bought in the entire time was Greg Capullo's depiction of Wonder Woman having this long braided mohawk. And I was just like, I've never seen Wonder Woman look like this before. I'm all about it. We also say two big questions we talk about. Basically, the world's essentially been destroyed. And we don't know why either. That's the big mystery in this book. Wonder Woman tells Batman it's kind of his fault. So, uh, But yeah, I thought it was a great book. This is also a uh, DC Black Label book as well, we should mention. Oh, yeah. So it's outside of canon. Yes. Uh, our next book is Batman and the Outsiders. Uh, written by Brian Hill. Um, Speaking of Batman books that are the best ever, uh, check out Batman and the Outsiders. With art by Dexter Soy. Um, I, we talked about Brian Hill before in this. We did American Carnage, uh, which you're, I think we've done another book. I, that we both really liked American yeah. Carnage. I thought this book was a, basically, it's a, essentially a continuation of his short six-issue run on Detective Comics. It kind of takes off from there. Different there. I thought this book was okay, personally. Uh, it was one of my least favorites of the week. Yeah. I didn't care for it. I don't care for. I like part of the team. Uh, I like obviously we like Batman. I like Black Lightning a lot. I think. Oh, I don't see. I don't like Batman. <laughs> I think I think Brian Hill writes a really good Black Lightning. Uh, Katana's on the team, uh, and has Signal, and I I still can't care about Duke. Uh, there's something about him that no one's been able to make me care about him yet. Yeah, see, I don't care about really anybody on this team at all. Like, it wasn't a team that inspired anything in I me. I like Orphan as well, too. And uh, I like a ton of... I don't like the way I, that I they interacted. I don't like yeah. anything. I don't like that I was confused about who's trying to be the team leader between <laughs> Duke and Black Lightning. And it was yeah. just all a cluster. Yeah, it, it was okay. Uh, our next, it was not okay. And BC book is Deceased, uh, written by Tom Taylor, who is a fan favorite of Matt and I's. Uh, with art by a few people, uh, Trevor Hersing, uh and Stephanie Guadalupe and James Heron all did it for various pages. I didn't really have any expectations for this book. I thought this was kind of like their version of uh, Marvel Zombies that Robert Kirkman wrote back in the day. Uh, but I actually ended up really enjoying this book. 
Yeah, I thought it was fun. It wasn't yeah. the best thing I've ever read, but it was definitely enjoyable. I thought Tom Taylor writes a great Batman. I was surprised he the way he writes interactions between Batman and Green Arrow and the rest of Justice League. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, and I'd like to see him take on a like a bigger part in the DC universe at some point later. But it's essentially just uh, a zombie-like a- outbreak infects uh, the world through social media, uh, drives everyone insane. And it, the last few pages are absolutely brutal because the Bat family, Nightwing, and Red Robin have broken in into the Bat mansion and are basically killing Batman. And that's how this comic ends. Yeah, and you forgot to mention the total destruction of Darkseid in this book. Oh, yeah, which in is amazing. In the middle of yeah. this book. Yeah. In the middle Bruce of the Cyber, first issue, yeah, Darkseid Dark is trying to, like, he is just obsessed with the anti-life equation. He's trying to get his hands on it through Cyborg's mother box or father box. And something screws it up and essentially creates the disease. Is that anything Darkseid. like the mother boy competition in Arrested Development? It's exactly like that. That's actually where uh, the anti-life equation was born was through the mother boy competition. I thought I saw Buster Bluth in here. Uh, our next book and our last DC book is Superman Leviathan Riding Rising, which kicks off Bendis's Leviathan event. Uh, there's four stories in this, written by Brian Michael Bendis, Greg Rucka, Matt Fraction, Matt Fraction, uh, and Brian Michael Bendis again. <laughs> no, uh, and Mark Andreyeko, uh, with different artists for each one. Mark Andre Fleury, the goalie for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So this is an 80 page book. It is a Bohemia. Uh, but what did you think of it? I really, really enjoyed this book. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Uh, it was an 80-page behemoth, but I got through it, and I really enjoyed it. I like as well. The the Superman story that Bendis writes is a basically has a lot of ties into super, current Superman and action comics run. Uh, but my favorite story was the Matt Fraction, Jimmy Olsen story. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. How he just randomly got hitched in Vegas. Yeah, he sort gets of. blackout drunk. He sort gets hitched in Vegas. Uh, his wife is a criminal, a dimension-hopping criminal, jewel thief, actually. Uh, he's completely naked because a cat has destroyed all of his clothes. He doesn't know how he's got there. He's in Gorilla City, and the cat thinks going to cut off a hairball, and the cat just finally spews blood all over the entire room and lives. So There's two full pages, yeah. which is roughly like, 12 panels of just a yeah. cat vomiting blood. Yeah. And I'm here for it. It was amazing. And just Jimmy being optimistic as ever, saying he's got to go find a home for the cat. <laughs> he's got to get his marriage in old. He's got to figure out how to get Gorilla City. He's got to figure out how to get dressed. And he has to say Superman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. He's got a lot of things on his to-do list, but I'm uh, excited to see how he comes. I'll say the crux of this, too, is finding out who Leviathan is. Uh, Superman let himself be kidnapped as Clark Kent by Talia al Ghul. Taya was betraying another supervillain who freed Superman. We don't know why. Uh, and that's basically the crux of this story and the start of this event. Yeah, but the I Jimmy Olsen story really kind of stole the show. I thought the first three quarters of this book were fantastic. And then the last part was okay. Yeah, I thought it, I actually liked the last part more just because it finally gave me some answers. Like, I didn't know what was going on, but it gave me some answers. I more had more answer. questions at the end <laughs> than I, I feel like And I that's did how you keep buying DC Comics. Yeah, you're not wrong. We're going to jump into Abstract. We're going to our first Abstract book. Uh, it's five years, written and drawn by legendary comic artist Terry Moore, uh, who's probably best known for Strangers in Paradise and Rachel Rising. Uh, this is my first like non-Marvel Terry Moore book that I've read, uh, and I really had no idea what was going on. 
He's actually best known as Josiah and Teresa Moore's child, but... Oh, good for him. Uh, I know Five Years brings in characters from his stories, like it brings in characters from Strangers in Paradise, Strange, uh, Rachel Rising, uh, Echo, I believe, and other Terry Moore books. Uh, so, since I don't know those characters, I can tell you what it was. The art was beautiful, the story was pleasant uh, and enjoyable, but it, did, it lost any larger meaning on me. I think this is something that would, would fit better in a trade format, but all that being said, I really enjoyed it, but it definitely strays towards the end. I thought the first three quarters of this book were really, really well done, and then the last quarter I kind of drifted a touch. Yeah, I agree. I thought the first half was a stronger part of this book. I it was agree. great. Um, awesome about the apocalypse and the fight with the grandma. Absolutely loved it. Couldn't couldn't have asked for anything better from something I had nothing... Uh, no clue about going into. Our next book is an aftershock book uh, called Killer Groove. It's about a, essentially a former hippie kind of coming down from like the groovy 60s, uh, turning unknowingly kind of getting a taste of the hitman life. Uh, it's written by Ollie Masters uh, and drawn by Jan Marin. Uh, and I don't know what I expected of this book, but I was very mad about it. Yeah, I thought it was good. It wasn't great. I I think it has a lot of potential. I thought the art was really good in this book. The coloring is good, but I didn't feel an attachment to the antag or to the protagonist at all. Let me say that Aftershock is coming on strong with a lot of their their offerings here lately, but nothing has floored me to the point where I'm just like I absolutely I have this. to have it. Yeah. Other than uh, Garth Ennis's uh, book that he's writing for them, I like, the name escapes me at the moment. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way right now. A walk through hell is what it's called. Holy crap, it's so good. <laughs> We're actually going to jump to Dark Horse now uh, and talk about Hellboy versus Lobster Johnson. This is um, a one-shot, and the art on this is not only up for art of the month, but art of the year, like cover of the year. Like, my God, Yeah, this cover. the cover is great. I think the cover is fantastic. I thought the story itself was just okay, personally, even it's though fine. I love Hellboy. And I love stories written by Mike Magnolia. There's a backup story here as well which really didn't add much to the story. I felt like it, it could have been not included at all, and it would have been the <laughs> You could have given me thing. two more pages of the rest of the book, yeah. and it would have been fine. But it's, I mean, I think it's any Hellboy fan would lo- love to have it in their collection just to make it complete, and it'll be an enjoyable story whenever it gets added to a trade at some point as well, too. Absolutely, so. but oh my God, the cover for that. Yes, I, I, can, the I cover's the best part. I yeah. so, so many times. Uh, we're going to jump into Image now uh, with a book called Excellent. 